uh, take your Bibles out and turn to 1 Samuel. Uh, by the way, as we're turning, uh, is anybody missing a notebook? Anyone claim this notebook here by the mic? Finder's fee. <laughs> You're welcome, Brother Mike. All right, turn to 1 Samuel. Appreciate Miss Carol playing this morning. Miss Lois uh, had a bit of a mishap last night and uh, kind of banged herself up a little bit on the stairs. Be praying for her, uh, praying for a quick recovery there. But uh, sure miss her being here this morning. As you turn to 1 Samuel chapter 18, we're going to look at a couple passages this morning. Uh, we'll start there. And we're looking at lesson number 11. And uh, this is a new lesson this morning. Uh, uh, Brother Joe, can I get you to help folks? If we have anyone, anyone that doesn't have lesson 11, if you put your hand up, uh, Brother Joe and Brother Eric can give a hand there, getting out some lessons. I want to make sure everybody has a copy of that this morning. So lesson number 11, the journey to Zion. And we're continuing looking at David and David's walk of faith. We looked at David's calling. Uh, and his anointing as king, and we looked at his battle uh, as he faced uh, Goliath. And we're going to continue with David as our subject, uh, but a little different direction here. Uh, we're going to look at David and some, some battles, some struggles, uh, and some victory uh, that David found uh, in Jehovah. Make sure I believe everybody's got a copy. Anyone else still missing a copy? All right. Uh, let's look together at verses 1 through 9 of 1 Samuel 18. And it came to pass when he had made an end of speaking unto Saul that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Saul took him that day and would let him go no more home to his father's house. And Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan strips himself of the robe that was upon him and gave it to David and his garments, even to his sword and to his bow and to his girdle. And David went out whithersoever Saul sent him and behaved himself wisely. And Saul set him over the men of war, and he was accepted in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servants. And it came to pass as they came when David was returned from the slaughter of the Philistine that the women came out of, uh, of all cities of Israel singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tabrets, with joy, and with instruments of music. And the women answered one another as they played and said, Saul has slain his thousands, and David his tens thousands. And Saul was very wroth, and the saying displeased him, and he said, They have ascribed unto David ten thousands, and to me they have ascribed but thousands. And what can he have more uh, than the kingdom? In verse 9, in Saul, I, David, from that day forward. Let's pray together. Lord, we, we thank you for the opportunity to gather this morning. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your great love for us. And Lord, as we look at David's journey, this journey of faith, Lord, we see it was not an easy journey. Lord, we're going to see this morning that it was not always a victorious journey for David. 
Lord, I pray that we would understand your purpose for us. Lord, I pray that we would be ready. I pray that we would be guarded. Uh, Lord, I pray that we would seek your will and your purpose and your help. God, we need your help this morning. Lord, I need your help to teach or write your truth this morning. Lord, I pray you'd meet the needs on every heart. Lord, we have uh, many folks here this morning, Lord, with many different needs. Lord, I pray that you would minister to those by your word, through your spirit. Lord, I pray as well for those not able to be here today. Lord, I pray you'd bless them. Uh, pray for those that are ill this morning, those that are traveling. Lord, I pray that you'd minister to their hearts, to their needs. Uh, Lord, would you help us today? In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. I want to share a historical record of an individual, many of you, I think all of us would know the name. During the American War for Independence, which was a few years ago, but the Gerald was just a little boy back then, and uh, during the American War for Independence, there was a valiant uh, and intrepid soldier uh, who sought glory only for himself and quickly rose in ranks. He quickly rose in the service. Uh, he distinguished himself as an ardent patriot and gained an appointment as a brigadier general. Uh, he was highly decorated for his service. He was also pompous. He was extravagant. Uh, he was egocentric. He was a man who craved power more than anything else. He was a man who sought to serve himself. He was a man who sought wealth and would do anything necessary to promote himself. If by doing so it was beneficial for his country, then so be it. But his focus was promoting himself. When the American commander, General Horatio Gates relieved Benedict Arnold, the man we're speaking of, of his command during the Battle of Saratoga. Benedict Arnold, his anger was kindled and his jealousy worsened. He became not only a self-seeking man, but he came, became a very bitter man. He became a uh, very jealous man. He found himself in financial ruin. And he was facing a court-martial, the United States of America. Mr. Arnold, Benedict Arnold, made a decision. He made a decision that uh, he would seek fortune and fame by working against America in service to Great Britain. His jealousy of others eventually led him to betray West Point. It was that betrayal of West Point that was an act of treason against his own country. Uh, he was hated and disdained, not only in America, but also in Great Britain. Benedict Arnold's name, that name instantly we ascribe to treachery. We ascribe it instantly to treason. Uh, can I tell you sin? Sin will always take you and take us farther than we want to go. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Benedict Arnold's pride led him to, depray, to betray his own country. And he uh, came to that decision because of pride. Uh, can I tell you that 
Saul, Saul had a jealousy and a spirit that led him to do some terrible things. His jealousy of David led him to seek David's life. Uh, he had a very cruel behavior towards David. And not only did Saul's decision and his heart lead him to make some horrible decisions, but we're going to see in the next couple of weeks, probably next Sunday, that David, David, the man after God's own heart, David, the man who we see was uh, seeking after God and seeking to honor God because of a decision not to obey the Lord in the matter of going to battle would make a horrible decision as well. You know, last week we, can, we looked at David's victory in battle. Uh, we looked at David as he faced Goliath and as he was victorious in that battle. And today we look, as we begin looking at, uh, in Lesson 11, the journey, David's journey to Zion. Uh, now, Zion is the name for Jerusalem. Uh, we see that in the Old Testament. We see it many times in the book of Psalms. We see that David, after he became king, uh, moved the capital, the capital city of uh, the nation of Israel to Jerusalem. Uh, it left uh, where it was in Hebron to Jerusalem. We see that journey uh, of David. Uh, but we're going to see some things. We're going to see some tragedies. We're going to see some triumphs. We're going to see some battles. And understand along our way of walking by faith, our walk is not always a perfect smooth walk. Sometimes we struggle. Sometimes we stumble. By the way, sometimes we fall. And we're going to see that in David's journey of faith. And I, I hope as we do so, we understand that David wasn't perfect. Every person we can look at in Scripture besides the Lord Jesus Christ, there is no perfect record. Rather, every person besides our lovely Lord is flesh as we are, and struggled, and failed in areas. And as we see that and understand that, Christian, it should be an encouragement to you and I that we can serve him. So, but pastor, I'm not perfect. I fail. I struggle. So did David. So do many other uh, believers as we see uh, continuing on in the New Testament. But I want us to see this morning, we're going to focus on this portion uh, alone this morning, we see David's, number one, David's great trial. David's great trial. David's great trial during this time that we see in 1 Samuel chapter 18 was that of Saul's relentless pursuit for him. Saul decided his heart was set here, and Saul began to seek his death. From the time David played the harp for Saul until the time that King Saul died, Saul sought David's life. Saul would seek to kill him. Now the Bible gives us some insight. If you look in our text here, the next couple of verses, verses 10 through 12 in 1 Samuel 18, it says, And it came to pass on the morrow that the evil spirit from God came upon Saul, and he prophesied, in the midst of the house, 
And David played with his hand as at other times, and there was a javelin in Saul's hand. David here was playing the harp for King David to settle his spirit. And it goes on there to say in verse 11, And Saul cast the javelin, for he said, I will smite David even to the wall with it. And David avoided out of his presence twice, and Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him and was departed from Saul. How many have ever had somebody get mad at you? All of us. Uh, maybe your wife, uh, maybe your husband, uh, maybe your brother, your sister. Uh, yeah, right there. Uh, you ever had that happen? Uh, maybe family, maybe friends, maybe coworkers. We, we've all had that. We've all experienced that. We've all had someone who was angry with us. By the way, uh, many of us have had someone very, very angry. Uh, I uh, saw a very sad news story this week about a, a man with some very uh, severe uh, mental problems uh, who with a hammer attacked a man in the United States. Uh, craziness and anger. And uh, we've all had folks angry with us, maybe not people that came at us with a hammer, uh, but we've had folks that have been upset with us. And and it's not a good feeling. It's not something that we enjoy. It's not something we, we want. David didn't just have somebody mad at him. David didn't just have a detractor or a naysayer uh, or someone who uh, thought badly of him. David had someone who was the most powerful man he knew, who also wanted to kill him. Th that's a pretty serious trial. I mean, we're not talking about somebody who wants to make you look bad. We're not talking about David having somebody who, who just, you know, said bad things about him. No, he wanted to kill him. Saul grabbed a, a javelin, a spear, and he said, I'm going to pin him to the wall. I, I'm going to kill him. And it wasn't just a one-time thing we see that there was a period of time in David's life between this passage in 1 Samuel 18 until Saul died that David was hunted. Where I'm from in West Virginia, we have a, a creature called a wild turkey, an eastern wild turkey, officially its name. How many have ever eaten a turkey before? They're delicious. Can I tell you that where I'm from, every predator looks at that turkey and goes, that looks pretty good. I want to eat that. And there's foxes. They want to eat turkeys. Uh, there's coyotes who would like to eat turkeys. Uh, there's humans like me who also like to eat turkeys. And basically, the wild turkey where I'm from, they are hardwired to be a little bit mentally disturbed. They're not right in the head. Now, their heads are very small, so I'm assuming their brains are very, very small. And Brother Mike, they're nuts. They're just, I mean, the least little thing sets them off because they're scared of everything. Everything looks at them and says, hmm, you'd be good with some gravy and some mashed potatoes. I'd like to eat you. So they get scared very easy. And... A lot of guys go out and hunt them, and they try to find where the turkeys are, and they'll use a, a thing called an owl hooter, and 
They'll go out in the morning in the dark while the turkeys are still up in their trees roosting because they're up in the trees to keep the animals that want to eat them from eating them while they're sleeping. And you go out in the dark somewhere near some turkeys and you take that owl hooter and and you sound like an owl. And those turkeys in their sleep, they go, they're scared to death. And you hear them because they're, they're afraid. Uh, they, they just, it's called shock gobbling. Uh, they'll do the same thing. You take a piece of metal and a hammer and hit it. They hear, they hear thunder and they, they're scared because their whole life they're walking around. What's going to eat me? They're going to get me. I'm, they're always after me. David spent a long time with Saul wanting to kill him. We see a large portion of life here where David was being chased. The Bible says that David had played the harp. Saul was afraid of David. We see that. We see that Saul eyed David. You know, we see the record here of David's increasing popularity. Now, can I tell you that though there were many victories in battle, David became a hero in Israel. The children of Israel, we see, sang David's praises. It says that they sang, Saul has slain his thousands and David tens thousands. They, they ascribed great honor to David. David wasn't simply gaining popularity with the people. David had the blessing and the anointing of God. King Saul had turned from following God. King Saul had been rejected by God. King Saul set David as his goal of killing him. David's increased popularity revealed Saul's heart problem. By the way, the heart problem that already existed. Saul wanted to be elevated. Saul wanted worship. By the way, Saul had said, I'll sacrifice, I'll take the role of the, the priest. Why? Because he wanted worship. He wanted that. We see here in him going after David, uh, his heart problem is revealed. One of the greatest mistakes, get this, Christian, one of the greatest mistakes that we make as Christians, and we make it a lot, is comparing ourselves with other Christians. The Bible says when we compare ourselves among ourselves, we become unwise. Can I tell you the opposite of wise is foolish. In other words, God says we are fools when we look around and try to compare ourselves one with another. We see, uh, we have jealousy, we have in comparison... There's a story that there were two cows, two milk cows, out grazing in a pasture. I grew up in an area where we had a lot of milk cows, a lot of, a lot of farms around us, Holstein farms, a lot of dairies. A couple of big old Holstein cows out there in the pasture chewing their cud, grazing. And all of a sudden, those cows saw a, a milk truck drive by the farm. On the side of the truck were these words, pasteurized, homogenized, standardized. 
and vitamin A added. One of the cows sighed. He looked at the other cow. And she said to her buddy, she said, kind of makes you feel inadequate, doesn't it? And I tell you, so often we look around at others and we feel inadequate because we perceive that someone else is better or someone else is more skilled or someone else is more loved or someone else is more capable than we are. Saul did that. And Saul looked at David. Saul wanted to kill David. Saul's problem of fear was revealed also with his dealing with David. Can I tell you, Saul was there and watched David go down into that valley and watched David defeat Goliath. And Saul remembered how he had not gone. He saw God's hand on David. He, he saw that David behaved himself wisely. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 18 and verse 12. It says, and Saul, I want you to notice this, this is so important, Saul was afraid of David. Get that. Saul was afraid of David. Why? Because the Lord was with him and was departed from Saul. Samuel, 1 Samuel 18 verse 15 says, Wherefore, when Saul saw that he behaved himself very wisely, speaking of David, it says again, he was afraid of him. Now, Saul took a javelin, tried to kill David. Saul was hunting David. And it says here that Saul was afraid of him. How many of you have a fear of spiders? Any spiders? arachnophobes out there, a few of us. I used to be petrified of spiders. We lived in a basement for a while, and in that basement we had hairy wolf spiders. How many of you have ever seen a hairy wolf spider? Aren't they awesome? Can I, let me explain to you how a hairy wolf spider hunts. They, they don't build a web and hang out in the corner on their web waiting for something to get in the web. No, 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 no. No, they're more aggressive than that. The hairy wolf spider doesn't build a web. It hides back in the shadows. And when it sees something it wants to eat, it runs out and chases down its prey. I remember one time I was sitting in the basement. I was on my computer. My computer, I say computer, it was probably like a Pentium 190 megahertz computer. We're talking about the early days of computers. And I, I had my hand on the keyboard of the mouse and our dresser was right, my dresser was right beside of the desk. And there had been a wolf spider up on top of that dresser and it had chased something. It chased across the desk, jumped off and landed on my hand. I'm going to tell you right now, I almost saw Jesus. Brother Krim, heart attack almost happened. I... I was frozen in fear. <gasps> I, I thought I was going to die. I made a decision that day. I made a decision I was going to try to kill them. Now, they're a beneficial spider. There's, they're not a dangerous spider. They're not dangerous to people. 
unless you have a heart problem like me. Uh, so I, I went online. I ordered this stuff. There's spider traps. I ordered sprayed it. Man, I went to war. You know why? I'm, I was afraid of spiders. Man, I, I didn't care if, if, I, if I destroyed the entire ecosystem. I was going to kill those spiders because I was petrified of spiders. Can I tell you that Saul was fearful? Saul was fearful of David. Why? Because God's hand was on David and God's hand had been removed from him. Letter B in our notes here this morning, we see the response, David's response to the trial. Because of Saul's jealousy, David had to flee. He knew that it would be wrong to fight with the king. Why? Because God had given him the kingdom. Now, God had rejected him from being king, but Saul was still the king. He still had the authority. 1 Samuel 19.10 says, And Saul sought to smite David even to the wall with the javelin. Well, he, was really, he really wanted to pin him to the wall, I think. But he slipped away out of Saul's presence, and he smote the javelin into the wall, and David fled and escaped in the night. So David here, Saul's trying to kill him. Saul's trying to stab him. Saul's like, I'm going to pin you to the wall with this javelin, this spear. And David runs. David flees. David fled from the presence of Saul. He, he eventually sought refuge in a place called the cave of Abdullam. He hid there while he was hiding from Saul. In 1 Samuel 22, it says, David therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave Abdullam. And when his brethren and all his father's house heard it, they went down thither to him. And everyone that was in distress, and everyone that was in debt, and everyone that was discontented, gathered themselves unto him. And he became a captain over them. And there were with him about 400 men. There was a gathering that came to David. <laughs> And you find that these people that gather themselves to David, they, they were kind of the outcasts of society. They were the people who nobody wanted, and they said, well, we'll go to David. David had 400 men, but can I tell you that although David had those men come to him and David had those people come to him as he was fleeing, we find that David became, eventually became discouraged in his trial. It says in 1 Samuel 27, I read for you two verses, verse 1 and 2. And David said in his heart, now this is King David, David who faced Goliath, David uh, who was the great king, the great psalmist king of Israel. And David said in his heart, I shall not perish one day by the hand of Saul. There's nothing better for me than I should speedily escape into the land of the Philistines. And Saul shall despair of me to seek me any more in any coast of Israel, so I shall escape out of his hand. And David arose, and he passed over with the 600 men that were with him into Ashish, the son of Mount King of Gath. Can I tell you that David got discouraged here? David, David got discouraged in his trial. I'll share a funny story with you. There was a man who wrote a card to his wife on their 40th anniversary. Anybody here been married 40 years? That's a long time. My wife and I, well, 
I think I've been married 26. I'll have to ask my wife later if that's right. But the couple's name was Sal, Sal and Miriam. And Sal claimed that it was not intentional, but his wife couldn't help but wonder if maybe his spelling was on purpose. Maybe it was a subconscious thought that caused him to do it, but on the card he gave Miriam for their 40th anniversary, Sal misspelled the word milestone, and he wrote these words. Our 40th anniversary is a real millstone. Now, so often, so often we misunderstand. So often we get discouraged. So often we feel dragged down by a millstone around our neck. David was feeling that weight. David was feeling that burden. Let her see in your notes this morning, we see his rest in the trial. And this, is, this is so important this morning. David responded. He fled. Now, he got discouraged. He, he did not want to fight. He, he knew that it was wrong to touch God's anointed. He, 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 he got away from the king. He did get discouraged, but can I tell you that David found rest? David found rest. While his friend Jonathan, of course Jonathan the son of Saul, and his wife Michael helped to protect him as he fled, and we see that in scriptures, David's ultimate hope was in the Lord. It wasn't in Jonathan. David's ultimate hope was not in his wife, Rather, it was in the Lord. He was hiding from Saul in the wilderness. We see that. He was discouraged. We have no doubt about that. He was discouraged. He was hiding. But he came to a point. He came to a point where he found rest. He found rest in the Lord. After, after a trying time, by the way, during this period of time, from the time Saul first cast the javelin at, King, at David, from that moment until Saul would finally die, that period of time where he would be hunted by the king of Israel, during that period of time, David had some other battles, some other struggles. There were some difficulties we, we read about in 1 Samuel chapter 30, and David was greatly distressed for the people spake of stoning him because of the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and for his daughters, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Christian God led David. God never forsook him. Though any of his difficulties... David, as he walked by faith, he had to walk through, as we find in Psalm 23, through the valley of the shadow of death. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, thy rod, my staff, they comfort me. Can I tell you that David walked that valley a long time? 
David walked watching in that valley of death, waiting at any moment for the javelin of Saul. But David learned a lesson that although he walked through that valley of the shadow of death, he did not walk alone. That God never left him. God never failed him. God was with him. We see that plainly. He found great rest in the Lord. I want you to turn your Bibles, or I believe you may have printed there in your notes. Yeah, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, I believe you have printed there in verse 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. When I was a boy, I had a, a hunting bow. And I had it special made for me by the guy who, the manufacturer, I met him. and I special ordered it. and It was a very, very powerful bow. It, it was a 130-pound pole compound bow. And that was stupid. I was strong like bull, smart like tractor back then. And I remember we had this fellow. He was an evangelist at the time. He came to our home, a fellow I knew and he was a big man, big, big guy, heavy, heavy guy, but just a big guy. And I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to impress this guy. I'm going to impress Brother Cook. So I went to my bedroom. He was at our kitchen table. We'd had a meal, and I went, and I got my hunting bow, and I brought it out, and I said, I, wanna, I wanted to show it to him. Now, can I tell you why I wanted to show it to him? I wanted to watch this man who was 150 to two, probably 200 pounds bigger than me. I wanted to watch him take it and go, yeah, yeah. and then I wanted him to hand it to me, and I wanted to go, what's your problem? Are you a wimp? Uh, why can't you pull that? And I, gave, I handed it to him to look at it, and he, I could tell he never really did anything about bows. And he, he held it out in front of him like this, and he's holding the handle and holding the string, and he's looking at it. That's really nice. And then he went. We let it down. I died a little bit inside. And I thought I couldn't do that for all the money in all the world. I just, I was amazed. I thought, oh man, I can't believe he did that. How is it possible uh, he did that? I, I, it didn't seem feasible. I was thinking that I had more strength than him. Can I tell you, often we think that we're resting in our strength and we get a, a, higher, a higher expectation of our strength than we ought to have. And we think, man, I have handled this so well. And God looks down and goes, I handled that for you. David found rest in the Lord. It wasn't because David was such a, a brilliant fighter. It wasn't because he was such a man of war. He was those things. But David eventually found rest in God's hand. 
How was it David could go through this difficulty and this trial, this problem or testing? It wasn't because David said, I'm so strong. God, I've got this. Check out my muscles, God. Are you impressed? No. It was because David found the power of God. And David had learned that he could rest in God's power. Christian, can I encourage you as we walk sometimes through the valley of the shadow of death? Sometimes through some difficult areas? Sometimes through some heartbreak? Sometimes through some struggles? Could I encourage you to rush and find rest in the Lord? We want to we find comfort. The Bible uh, speaks about our comfort in Christ, but we want to find comfort with others. We, we want to be miserable with somebody else. We want to find someone who's just as miserable as we are and share with them, and we get no comfort. We get no rest. But David found that rest. He found the comfort that was in God. We're going to continue next week, and we're going to see that David, yes, he made some right decisions. Yes, when David was attacked by Saul, David made a decision not to fight back. By the way, David had the backing of the people. David could have stood up and said, hey, King Saul wants to kill me. What do you think? The people would have said, let's execute Saul. David, we love you. He had the backing of the people. He had the love of the people. But it wasn't right. David responded correctly. David got discouraged. And by the way, we'll get discouraged. But David found rest in Christ. Now, can I tell you, we're going to see next week beginning that although David responded correctly in this trouble, although he found rest in Christ, David took a horrible misstep. David failed. Tremendously in an area of life, and Christians sometimes we do. But I want us to see next week as we grow and look at that walk of faith, we're going to see a stumble, a great fall next week. But as we continue seeing the way that we ought to walk, following Him, let's pray together. Lord, thank you for your will and for your word. Thank you for the opportunity we have to serve you. Lord, I pray you'd bless our services to come. Lord, I pray for our children's church. Lord, I pray for our church services this morning as we talk about the church. Lord, I pray for all the events of the day. Lord, our service this afternoon, our our patch club. Lord, I pray for our fellowship. Lord, I pray you just speak to hearts. I pray for those traveling yet to be here. Lord, I pray for those that aren't, aren't able to be here this morning. Lord, would your will be done in every heart and every life. Lord, thank you for your great love for us. Help us, Lord, to find rest in you. Help us in the midst of our storms, the midst of our trials, in the valley of the shadow of death to realize you're with us and we can trust your strength. We can trust your power. We can encourage ourselves in the Lord. Lord, we love you. Bless us now in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.